calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Hey everyone, this is John Rocha, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! That's right, we do it every week, and if you heard just two voices, that's because we are down one man, but we'll talk about it in well, just... Down three quarters of a man. Oh, he's ouch. short. Yikes. Speaking of the Joker movie. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I am uh, one of your hosts, John Roca. I'm a writer, producer, and uh, host over at Collider and on the top ten show, The Cinephiles. And this show and my newest podcast over at Collider, The Deep Cut, which is slowly building piece by piece, step by step uh, every every week. So Everybody uh, should check it out. They should. It's a good show. I work hard on that show. You work, you work hard on all your shows. It's true. It's true. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, this is Michael Why Rokel. are you talking so deep into the mic? Am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Here, let me turn you down. Hold on. All right, go Sorry. ahead. There you go. Go ahead. Sorry, everybody. Perfect. Go ahead. Uh, this is Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I'm very happy to be here today, as usual. That's right. And our guest uh, this week, because we couldn't do it without Shannon McClellan. I mean, we had to do it without Shannon McClellan, so we had to bring in a guest. It's a friend that we mentioned last week. Um, it's both been mentioned many times. He has been mentioned a few times, that's for sure. His name is Jonathan Gabay, or JG for short, amongst our crew, uh, and assorted other uh, fun names and nicknames for him that we enjoy. Uh, JJ's been a part of our lives for a number of years now, and we've seen him grow into all these incredible positions and work his way up the ladder in Hollywood. Uh, And he is now the Senior VP of Development over at Berlanti Productions. Uh, Yes, you heard that right, Greg Berlanti Productions. So welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Jonathan Gabay. Do you guys need to introduce yourselves every week and say yeah. what you do? I think people know you. No, no. no. Because hey, we're all, we were always getting new listeners. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So that's people are discovering point. us. So for those of you who have been listening last week, mm-hmm. uh, Gabay is our friend who gets very mad at Roca for ruining our outings to the movies by taking me and Shannon to screenings. And oh, Gabay yeah. is right. our friend who Roca got very upset that he wasn't invited to a Zed concert. I feel like I was passionate about it. First of all, you've never brought up that you're interested in going to these things. And if you have, it's been 10 years. Um, so... Please let me know if you'd like an invite next We've time. We've gone we to EDM be concerts to happy, before. To have you. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you came with us to an EDM I, The last concert? time I was invited, which was 10 years ago. Oh, okay. wow. So wow. Now I know. I'm going to invite you every time, and I'm going to get no's from you every And time. I have money to go okay. nowadays. Uh-huh. About 10 years ago, I didn't have as much money. Those tickets were expensive. But Zed would be fun. Zed was fun. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You would have been a great addition to the crew. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you all have your EDM crew. That is not true. And every once in a while, I cross over. The but more it's not the merrier is how I feel. Really? Yeah, okay. always. All right. Uh, all right, we resolve that. See, that's what happens we on the buddies. One part like, of it. I just feel like I just feel like when they're all out at some EDM concert, you're like alone in your apartment with like <laughs> with my girlfriend diet, with, a, with a diet coke and just dancing to some Zed alone <laughs> in your living room. <laughs> Listen, EDM EDM has been an essential part of my life since I discovered it through you guys years ago. That's true. And uh, Jonathan uh, Gabay and I actually met as assistants mm-hmm. at Sony Television a right. very long time ago. And you were an assistant in reality television? Yep. Is that right? Yep. 2005. And then you went years. to the CW after that. Yep. And then What did Fox, you do at the CW? Uh, I worked in current programming. I was an uh, assistant and then a coordinator, which is the same thing. What are some assistant. of the shows that you worked on? Um, I worked on uh, Vampire Diaries and uh, Supernatural and wow. Smallville, um, which is you love which was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite shows ever. And then from there, you went to? Uh, Fox Comedy. Um, I rose up the ranks in development over at Fox Comedy. And some of the shows I developed were uh, The Last Man on Earth, um, The Mindy Project. Uh, Enlisted. Enlisted, The Grinder, um, New Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on Bob's Burgers and Family Guy for years, so a little bit of everything. Yeah. And uh, what are you really most excited about that you're working on at Berlanti right now? Mm. I can't say. <laughs> okay, fair. fair, fair, fair. No spoilers. What are some of the existing things that everybody knows about that you're excited about? Yeah. Um, the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. Ooh. Yes. Which we may or may not talk about later. I think okay. we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sounds like fun. Uh, how does how does the show work, John? Before we get there, what are we going to do first? Do you see him already taking over the show? Like <laughs> it's incredible. You're I've, watching it in real time. I've listened to it before. I know how it works. Yeah, exactly. And this is par for the course. <laughs> Gee, thanks, guys. 
for those of you who are new, uh, welcome to the show. For those of you who are not new, thanks so much for staying with us. You understand how this works. Let me explain it to you. We do. Each one of us has a geek news item we talk about here at the beginning of the show. And then after we finish talking about our geek news items, we jump into our main topic of the show this week. The main topic is geek television, of course, because we have the senior VP of development from Berlanti Productions to talk about all the geek stuff going on, not just the Berlanti CW stuff, but other, other geek shows that are coming up as well. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, let's jump into our geek news item. And if you guys don't mind, items rather, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to start off. Go for um, it. Um, last week, this happened. This news broke last week on Friday. Uh, and so it's Wednesday or Thursday. We're covering it now. And that is the idea that Tom Holland is coming back um, to be Spider-Man in the MCU. Pretty incredible. A lot Ooh. of people thought it was a, done. A, I called it. Oh, B, join 5 million people. Call B, it. thank God. Yes. Thank God. I go with the B on that, absolutely. Um, but it was this was dead in the water. And numerous publications and sites have made it very clear that this was dead in the water. And the rumor is, or what has been reported, is that Tom somehow brought... Uh, You're the M- Marvel, yeah, basis, you and Tom. Me and Tom Holland. Marvel, Marvel and Disney and Sony back together to make this happen, which would seem a bit of a stretch for me to believe because Tom seemed to be okay with the fact that he was moving on to Sony. He said, me and the writers have already talked about what we're going to do with Spider-Man 3. We had ideas. So first of all, A, were you guys shocked when you heard the news? And B, do you really believe that Tom Holland is the one who made this happen? I'm shocked when I heard the news. Yes and no, just because I thought it would take a little bit longer for that to happen. Um, But no, I was not shocked because I assumed that it would get resolved. Mm -hmm. I took it as a personal affront when that news was uh, was announced. Was that Um, just because I'm so passionate about (laughs) Spider-Man? He's my favorite character. Uh And I was just I was hurt. You mean when they were saying they weren't going to. Yes. yes, Right. Gotcha. 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 Um, I do think Tom at this point has the clout um, to negotiate. Not negotiate that, but talk to both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's doing this other big Sony movie for them is that he? was also announced. Um, okay. Oh, is it Uncharted? Is Uncharted? Yeah, Uncharted. Yeah. yeah, Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Which uh, Travis Knight is going to be directing. So he's a big deal for them mm-hmm. over at Sony, and they're not going to let him go, and they're going to want to make him happy. Um, I don't think giving up an extra, you know, forty-five percent of their profits was just to make Tom happy, mm-hmm. but I do think that he certainly had a say somewhere. I think a lot of this was ego-driven. I think. I think okay. when you get down to it, at the end of the day, I think that. And I've, I've said this, and we've all talked about this, and to your point, many, many people have said yeah, this. Sure, we're, sure, not, sure. we're not unique to this, but like, it's a win for Sony and Disney to have Spider-Man in the MCU. Yes. Everybody, everybody wins. So this whole pissing match was a lot more like Tom Rothman. Like There's there a lot of big personalities that were just like being shitty. Mm-hmm. And so I do, like Abe, I think eventually... Everybody kind of knew that like they were gonna get it. They were gonna get it figured out. There's too much money on the table not to. And I do think that Tom Holland being in the position that he's in, like I think that he did have a lot to do with it. And to your point yeah. about all the reports of him saying, "No, I'm super happy to be with Sony. This is great. Whatever." I, there is there's the PR spin that everybody has to do. That Tom Holland's people call him and say, "Hey, Sony owns Spider Man. You got to tweet out that you're okay." Right. And then there's whatever happens behind the scenes. And so sometimes you have the actors or the people that kind of put all their business out on social media for the world to see. And that never necessarily ends up well. Then you have people that like follow the PR messages uh, on the surface of things and then go behind the scenes and play the political game. And also he works for Sony, Mm -hmm. but also kind of for Disney. So 
he's not going to shit on one over the other. Right, he's right. going to be supportive of each in his own way. Well, I defer to both of you because you're a former executive. You're a current executive. But you guys have dealt with talent and this kind of stuff in the past before, I'm sure, whether directly or indirectly. So you know what the game is to the to the fans out front and then the, the game that occurs behind the scenes amongst the people's representatives, the talent's representatives, producers, what have, directors, and, what have. And I think the big win for Sony really mm. is that the other Spider-Man movies can now mention the MCU. Right. I mean, that's the other piece that's come out of it is that, yeah. you know, we all saw Venom. There was no Spider-Man, and obviously, I still don't know how they're going to explain why a alien symbiote just happens to look like a giant, muscly Spider-Man. Right. That's neither here nor there. Um, but I think that, like, now, with these other movies coming out, they can talk about Stark Industries mm-hmm. or mention, uh, you know... Um, Captain America or you know yeah. what I, like those yeah. things can come up and it's those little things that make a universe feel more real so I think it's a yeah. win across the board yeah because it's one full th- third movie and then an appearance in another future Marvel movie um, and then they'll figure it out yeah. after that to me if they go this route and they don't bring him back after the third one ends Marvel movie he's still in a way has kind of finished his circle in the MCU and can move on to Sony now a little more powerfully and to help build a universe there or walk away from it. I mean, Shannon, I don't know. we were texting about this the other week. Shannon, oh, you were? Shannon okay. we as in all oh, of yeah, us, all you of were us, on okay. the chain too. I didn't know if I was on the chain. Uh, Shannon kind of said, do you think that they'll use this next movie to sort of have him so exit, uh, have, have, have Spidey exit gracefully from the MCU? Kind mm. of went, And I don't think they will only because, and I said this last week or the other day too, like, yeah. you know, we were just walking through California Adventure last week at Disney and they're building the entire Avengers campus and one of the major rides is a Spider-Man ride. Yeah. Like Disney and Disney owns all of the consumer products for Spider-Man. Like yeah. there is no world in which Disney is like, yeah, we'll make one more movie and then let him go. Like they're going to want to hold on to this. And so I think that we've got a long future of not just Peter Parker, but hopefully eventually Miles Morales in the Marvel universe. Yeah. I hope. Totally agreed. What do you think about, the Kevin Feige situation now doing Star Wars. Like, this is connected here. Because I remember the Sony guy came out at that event with Variety and said, oh, Feige's too busy to do this. He's probably got a lot of his plays. Like, well, if he's taking on Star Wars, he can't be that busy, right? I think that it's. this gets into what we were saying last week about mm. I think Kevin Feige and Marvel have already, at least very broad strokes, figured out where Spider-Man fits in the next phase or two of of Marvel. So right. I'm not saying that he still doesn't have a lot of work to do with writers and directors to figure out what's coming next. But I think that they're like, they had to try that. Spider-Man's going to do this. He's going to get yeah. this. They're, we're going to have another adventure. And then by by ending the second movie with, hey, everybody, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, they clearly have at least an inkling of what the game plan is. So I think a lot of that is at least broad strokes figured out. Yeah. So I don't think bringing Spider-Man back in, I think he's got a way bigger uh, pile of geek work on his plate with the Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Star Wars than with what to do with Spidey. No. I think as a devoted listener to the Geek Buddies, um, <laughs> I listened to last week's episode. And I oh. think it's... Li- as a devoted listener, I listened <laughs> to one. Yeah, just just one. Um, I think it might be a little bigger than star Wars. I was listening to you guys talk about it last week. Mm. And my thought was, this isn't just about him doing a star Wars movie. This is something bigger. And my first thought was he's being groomed to replace Iger. 
That that was my first Iger. song. Wow. Yep. So above Kathleen, you going yep. Iger. I'm going Iger. Wow. But the thought process of you produce a movie, a Star Wars movie, so you'll be part of that world now. Yeah. That's one of our biggest assets. So you'll have gotten to know the people that deal with Star Wars. You already know the Marvel people. We're just slowly putting you into all of the different camps. Interesting. And at one point, and maybe it's not Iger because Iger does is in charge of the parks and the right, business right, and all that right. stuff. But maybe it's to be the like the person who's in charge of all features for more all like, of Disney. More like the live action version of what Lasseter was before he exited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have to say this is the first time I've heard that. Yeah, that was my fascinating. That was my my thought listening to you guys talk about it mm. last week. Well, like I said, you having the experience of, of going up the ranks in the executive world, man, you see where people have their eyes you hear people above you having conversations and meetings about like these literally possibilities. above you like on the floor above you yeah definitely <laughs> like there's a hole in the ventilation system and you're, just you're doing the leno just listening <laughs> but like you know that a lot of, of air vents in my opinion. <laughs> putting that glass against the wall but no you you hear that and you go like oh i, I didn't even think about Iger. that's interesting because everyone's all fixated on kathleen kennedy that's the surface level stuff but maybe there's more and it's a great point because to land this 23 film franchise and all these characters and shepherd all these directors through the situation speaks volumes to I mean, look at the last few Star Wars movies. I've liked a lot of them, but it's mm. been a tumultuous ride yes, for absolutely. that. And who's been behind it? Kathleen. Right. Um, and if you have somebody that has basically not had a flop in 10 years mm-hmm. and who's passionate about all the other things your company is doing, why would you not put him yeah. Yeah. above those people. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, two last questions and we'll move on. A quick one. Did you think they knew this was going to be announced when they dropped that J. Jonah Jameson video the night before? That is a good question. Yeah, I think they knew so they dropped it because they knew it was safe. Maybe. Yeah. Did Maybe. you hear about the edit that they had to do on that J. Jonah Jameson site? No, I did not. So on the J. Jonah Jameson site, <laughs> they have a whole comment thread that's a fictional comment thread mm-hmm. where people are commenting about things that happen. And there's a guy on there that was suing whoever in the Marvel universe because he blipped out of existence (laughs) and he was a stunt man. And when he blipped back into existence, he blipped like 500 feet in the air and fell and broke his leg. But Kevin Feige had already come out previously and said that when Hulk snapped everybody back into existence, nobody died. Like if you had been in an airplane five years oh, ago, you didn't right. blip at 30,000 feet. That Hulk, <laughs> that Hulk blipped everybody back safely. So like super geeks were super quick to point out. They're like, what is this? Marvel, Sony's already being inconsistent. Wow. And the way they fixed it was actually Grown. very... <laughs> no, 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 it was. But like the way they fixed That's it was so funny. The way they fixed it was so funny. They didn't just delete it. They had it revealed that that guy was a liar... And didn't actually blip out of existence at all and had made the whole thing up. Wow. And because the Jay Jonas and the, the Daily Bugle.net site or whatever, it's, it, it, Daily Bugle. whatever yeah. is sort of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe's InfoWars. Yeah. The fact that there was a guy lying on there about, what his, about his blipping was like, okay, well, I'll take it. I thought that was great. It made, <laughs> me, it totally made me very works. happy. It made me very happy. All right. One last thing around the corner. Who do you think is going to be the villain in Spider-Man 3? Oh, good question. I haven't even thought about that. The legal system. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> Sony. I am ready for a Craven. I think Craven. That's my guess too. Um, they've done. I, I. They've done such a good job taking the tier three villains who've never seen the light of day in movies. Right. Um, the other reason, 
speaking of villains, that I do think that they're going to hold on to the Spider-Man universe for a really long time, as I had heard rumors, and this totally makes sense to me, yeah. that they want to build Norman Osborn up, not yes. just as a Spider-Man villain, but as an MCU villain. Right. Like, like basically become the Lex Luthor of the MCU universe. Totally makes sense. Todd Phillips to uh, direct the Norman Osborn movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yikes! Yikes! I have so many responses. Like I have so many responses at once that I couldn't even get any of them out. Um, But so I think that doing Craven as the main villain and maybe starting to just get to the very beginnings of seeding Osborne stuff. Or they could also do just because they've announced Black Cat and Silver Sable, you could do Black Cat as one of the villains mm-hmm. and introduce that character and have her be part of the MCU, yeah. and that'll help Sony when they spin off that movie that would too. Help Sony. Yeah, and you have this like sort of like young tri- like love triangle with MJ and yeah. and, and that Hardy. fits into yeah. the tone of what they've set up already in the previous movies. Well, the ball caused rumors too. Well, Silver and Black is con- is stopped and started, stopped and started. Yeah. So maybe this is the motivation to put it forward. And maybe Craven, uh, the serum that Craven takes, that's one of those origin stories, talks about the serum that he takes could be an Oscorp thing. Maybe. So that way it still connects without having the goblin right off the bat. The other rumor, and then we'll move on to yeah. the My Geek News. Uh the other rumor that I read that I'm very interested in is because obviously Peter Parker is kind of screwed based on the end of yes. Far From Home. Yes. Oh, yeah. And the idea that he's going to have to get legal representation. And there's two alternating rumors, none from like substantiated sites, right. but like gets me super excited is that A, there's talk that perchance Charlie Cox gets to reprise his role as Matt Murdock and come in and be Spidey's lawyer, mm-hmm. or B, one of the reasons they're moving forward with a She-Hulk series oh. is that Jennifer Walters gets to be uh, his That's lawyer. more likely to me. Both of like which, both of yeah. which if, you're, if you're a Marvel Comics reader, nothing is more exciting than seeing Matt Murdock or She-Hulk in... A, okay, I guess there's a lot of more exciting things in comics, but I really always enjoy seeing them in a court of law doing their... Uh, their, uh, their, their legal stuff. And I think the idea of fun. either one of those being uh, a character in Spidey 3... I would love that so much. Would yeah. be... Amazing. I'm down. I'm down. All right, what's our next geek news item, man? Oh, so not as exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Birds of Prey trailer dropped. Yeah. And I know we talked a few weeks, uh, actually with neither of you, when I was on with Shannon and uh, our guest Liza Palmer, we talked about the Birds of Prey poster. Uh, and we talked around Birds of Prey. And I think at that point, it was like, well, okay, we'll see. It's intriguing. Definitely totally different. And then the Birds of Prey trailer dropped this week. Yeah. So what did you guys think? I mean, this is a dangerous territory because, A, I'm a male and a straight male. Wait. So, what's my point of view? What? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but I, I I, have my points of views. And First I of my... all, I would not worry about that. You're a fan of comic books. I am. And comic book movies. and Massively please. so. Yeah. It's fine. But it's, it's the stuff you deal with sometimes on the internet now, the analysis. Oh, it's because he's blah, blah, blah. So, uh, But I will give you my unfiltered take. Is that, is that happening right now on, on social media? Are people like... Oh, is... people go after... Yeah, people go... Because... If, I mean, but if I you're mean... against a female thing... No, no, right no. I know that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know that happens on yeah, social yeah. media. I, I have Twitter. I mean, are people doing it about the Birds of Prey trailer? I don't know. I haven't seen much talk about Birds of Prey, which is interesting with that trailer. But I, I will say this. For me, there are there other people in the movie? That was my first reaction. That was my same thing. Especially right. at the end where they put up all the names of yeah. the people that are in the movie. But you've not met any of them. You've seen some of them. Right. But you've not met any of them. You've not established who the Birds of Prey are. You've not even right. introduced the name of another character. And I get it. Like, you're going to put a trailer out 
with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn? Yes, absolutely. She should be the star of the trailer. But also you want to establish a little bit of what the movie is yeah. and why this is different from Suicide Squad and why all the people who were burned when they went to see Suicide Squad are going to want to go to this movie. Well, even more so, Gabe, and I, I know, Mike, yeah. I know you want to talk, but even more so, Gabe, the idea that, look, she's already established. Right. We don't need to spend a lot of time with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in the trailer. She clearly was one of those people that stood out from Suicide Squad that people loved. What's the deal with Huntress? What's the deal with these other characters Black in Canary. The Black Canary? What's the deal with all these other characters in the trailer? Give us a little more depth and background with them. We already know Margot Robbie's in the movie. Like we have a movie with Renee Montoya, Victor yeah. Zaz, Black Canary, Helena Bertinelli. Like yeah, I would Black love Mask, to meet any Black of them. Kane, Black right. Mask. Yeah, I would love to meet any of them in this trailer. Yeah. So I have three things that really bother me. Okay, I, one. One thing I really like. And that is Margot Robbie. Sure. Despite I agree with everything that Gabay said, but out of everything in the trailer, and it's the same with Suicide Squad, like, Margot Robbie's a great Harley Quinn. So anything she does in this trailer, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Like, you're mm-hmm. good. You're a great Harley Quinn. That's a given. My three issues. Number one, as a comic book nerd, it, this is not Birds of Prey. Yes. And everybody has said that from day one. And the thing is, I don't... You, you run a risk when you take comic book characters and you completely change them for a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's either a win or it's not. So if you take a bunch of characters from comic books and you completely reimagine them, you completely recreate them to be something different, you better be damn sure that your idea is gold. And if it is, comic book fans will go with you. Yeah. Comic book fans are all crotchety and angry until they're not. Like If you come up with something amazing, they will go with you. Based on this trailer, the doing a Birds of Prey without Barbara Gordon and changing Black Canary and not sure what we're doing with Huntress and Cassandra Cain is a little girl and like there's no. just a bunch of things that you're just like I don't feel like this is Birds of Prey. I feel like this is Harley Quinn and her Merry Men. You know, like I don't really feel like it's Birds of Prey. So that's my one issue. Okay. My second issue is just the movie looks like a mess. Yeah. Like the, which the, is it, the rumors that are starting to trickle out. Like it just looks like it's all over the place. It looks like a comic book movie that came out. 15 years ago before comic book movies had become what they are today. We talk a lot about the evolution of comic book movies. Right. Uh, Dare I say it could have been the birds of prey that aired on the WB. I mean, is that, is that too mean? I, I mean, know. it's like, by the way, I love that show. But <laughs> that was, Oh, you were the one that was 2002. So um, then here's my third issue. And this is a DC universe issue. Yeah. And I understand why they do this sometimes, but it's just the problem that they completely cause for themselves is they take the most interesting stories and they do them off screen to jump to the next part. So Batman versus Superman, you're going to put a giant Robin uh, costume up with the ha ha ha's over it. Wow. That's an interesting story. Maybe I would have liked to have seen that on screen and going from the end of suicide. Not by the way, I don't want to see Jared Leto's Joker over again. So I get it, but going Harley Quinn being like, hey, I broke up with the Joker. I'm like, oh, well, that's a core part of your character. And you breaking up with him is probably a good story mm-hmm. that is worthy to be seen on screen. But let's skip that and do this movie that makes no sense. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. And, and this is, look, it may very well be one of these, like, women getting together, helping each other through a breakup kind of movies. Masquerading as a superhero movie or a kind of pseudo antihero movie. And that's fine. And maybe people will love it and go spend the money and make 500, 600 million, whatever. That's fine. From the trailer, though, this doesn't ex- excite me or interest me in any way, shape, or form. And I really want it to be because I love 
these characters from yeah. DC. Harley Quinn is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, and I'm more excited for the animated show that's going to be on DCU at the end of November. Yeah. Yeah. That looks great. Yeah. And I have to say, Mike, I'm not a big fan of her as Harley Quinn. You're not? I'm not. Oh, really? I, I don't. I, I think it's a good version. But I think you can wait. Are this, you're not a fan of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yes, you are a fan of Harley. I Quinn. love yeah, Harley yeah, Quinn. I, yeah, oh, I, I was about to. No, I was about no, to no, flip I a that. table yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. Harley Quinn is fantastic. It's definitely one of the best. Top five. Yeah, and and one of the greatest creations, later creations in the comic book world ever. Well, one of the few. <laughs> one, of know, the, one of the very few television. Yeah, the animated series that translated to to be so popular in the animated series that she got put into the Batman comics and then became so popular that she got her own comic book. Right, right. I think there's old Harley Quinn, too, old woman Harley Quinn or something like that. Yeah, there's, they're doing like like old Logan. Yeah, Ooh, like that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's been out for that's a little awesome. bit. But like, so so I get, but people love Margot Robbie, so I'm not going to like, you know, push that away. I just think the mistake they made is they thought, well, Margot Robbie's going to sell this movie. And I think with Suicide Squad, you could have done that with Will Smith. Will Smith's going to sell this movie. But you've got to highlight everybody else. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a damn good actress. You've got to give her more screen time. Lord knows Rosie Perez has paid her due. She deserves more screen time in this trailer. Ewan McGregor has two scenes, maybe two or three scenes, speaks once. So there's more here that they could have explored. And I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit in this trailer. Doesn't mean the next trailer might not be more exciting, more involved. Maybe they hear the criticisms and cut a different trailer. Who knows? We'll see. I'm going to tell you right now, if Renee Matoya is not a lesbian, I'm going <laughs> to riot in the streets. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, who's playing her? Rosie Perez? Yeah. yeah. I mean. <laughs> wow. We're recording this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just saying, she'd play a great lesbian. Sure. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. <laughs> So on the Batman universe, yep. um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Matt Reeves's Batman the last few weeks about uh, the Batman, the Batman right. starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne Our Pats. and uh, Jonah Hill is either Penguin or Riddler, though. I think he's going to be calendar. I, I do, too. I think um, that you are right. Gabay was texting with us a few. Jonah Hill is not your news. There's yes. other casting news yeah. since then, but when the Jonah Hill rumors started spreading and everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to be Penguin," and uh, Gabay texted on the on a chain we have and said he thought Calendar Man because the longest Halloween is one of my favorite. And, yeah, the long models. Halloween is like something that there's been rumors that this is going to be uh, tied to, and I think Calendar right. Man is an amazing guest. And I made Collider Heroes talk about Calendar oh, Man nice. because of our tweets. Nice. Yeah, so I like ahead. that. Yeah. Um, so the rumors that came out today was um, there are top five actresses rumored to be playing Catwoman. Um, We can go through there. We can go through them. It was Lupita Nyong'o, Tessa Thompson, Alexandra Shipp, Logan Browning, and Gugu. Mbutha Raw. I I can't say it. I can't say it. I just can't. For me, the the casting news and the shortlist of the five actresses is not the news. For me, it's that Catwoman is going to be in the movie because I don't think – like. Lupita Nyong'o's in Black Panther. Alexandra Shipp is in Storm. Tessa, Tessa Thompson, Thompson, I feel like I've seen in a bunch of superhero movies. And by the way, if someone said they decreed that Tessa Thompson was going to be in every superhero movie from now until the end of time, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know that any... I, I feel like this is just a rumor. It wasn't really picked up by the mainstream media. So I, I truly believe this is just a rumor. But the fact that they're talking about Catwoman to be in The Batman, I think for me is the news, which I'm very excited and about. All women also of one of my favorites. And all women of color. And all women of color, which, which is great. great. All black women. I mean, I saw yeah, that right. I, I saw that headline and I was like, is Eartha Kitt not available? Because <laughs> well, I would have been... But I, I do, don't be surprised that they find but a way... But I do think you're right. Back, I mean, you know? it, is, it is funny that you say that because... 
as, as we talked about, like whenever whenever it's a person of color that gets cast in any of these roles uh, for a comic book character, particularly that is traditionally white, mm. you have a subset of Twitter that just goes bananas. But with Catwoman, you're kind of like Eartha Kitt is yeah. one of the most famous. You've Cat laid women. the groundwork already. Um, I think it's great, and I do think you're. Right. But again, to your point, and the reason that you were guessing Calendar Man is that. If they are going, not doing Long Halloween, but taking uh, elements of Long Halloween, the comic book uh, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, mm-hmm. uh, and, and making that a part of this movie, Catwoman is a big part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the Tom King run now, she's even more a bigger part of this story with Batman. I tell you so what, you're bringing in. did you read issue 80? Yet the one that came out this this week? No, I'm behind. Then I'm too behind. Uh, do, are you reading the Tom King? I'm not. I'm waiting until so Comicsology gets them all. Then I'm going to tear through them. I will tell you right. And Gabe and I talked about this. If you are a Batman fan mm. and you are not currently reading Batman, or you're falling out of comics and you're not really doing it anymore, how far back do they have to go? It's been over I mean, a year. Thirty issues at least. The past twenty five, thirty issues. Go back to whenever Tom King started writing bat reading uh writing batman yeah and just start reading it and i don't care if you've been reading batman for 20 years i don't i don't care this will be one of the best runs of batman that you've ever read mm. ever 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 100 percent. yeah yeah when they have an issue that doesn't have catwoman in it i'm upset it's just oh my not, god it's not it's, a good issue it's epic but yes and catwoman is Bigger yeah. than ever in Batman's life. Well, Literally. let's look. Let's look at these five women. Oh boy, let's look at these five women. Um, I don't see it happening necessarily with Tessa, not because it shouldn't. Lord God, just thinking about Tessa in this role was incredible to me. As an, as a a as because she's a fantastic actress, and B because I think she's absolutely beautiful. Yep. and she would be sexy as hell as Catwoman. Um, Gugu and Boothu Ra is certainly a way to go. It's a little more of a look of it, a more like of an intelligent look to mm-hmm. go with her, a little more staid, relaxed, you know, because everyone has a different energy as actresses. Lupita Nyong'o, I'd be really surprised because of the Black Panther situation. I think she's going to be more a part of that universe. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, Alexandra Ship. I don't see Alexandra Ship coming into this. No. But Logan Browning is kind of a dark horse in I, my opinion. Think? I agree. Yeah. That's the only one on the list. Um, if anybody doesn't know who Logan Browning is, she is the star of Dear White People right. on Netflix, yeah. and she is fantastic. She, she has is great the, on that. She has the cat eyes as well, kind of with her eyes, and she has a young look. Yep. And it's a sexy young look, and it could work uh, opposite Pattinson very well. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And she's not that well known outside of people who watch Dear White People, so it kind of lets you have that element of surprise with her. Do you know what I will say that I'm excited about, about this Matt Reeves movie? Yeah. Is that... Remember there was a time where nobody making a comic book movie could put two bad guys in a movie and make it work. Like if you put <laughs> if you put two bad guys in a comic book movie, the whole movie just fell apart. You're like, "Well, this is they've they've lost they've they've lost the thread. It's gone off the rails." And we've just matured to a point with comic book movies that like you're like, "Look, Jonah Hill's going to be a villain, Catwoman's going to be in. We'll probably have three or four other villains seated yeah. throughout." And you're like, "I'm I'm in. I'm for all that I complain about the things that I don't like about the DC universe. Uh, I'm excited about this Matt Reeves Batman movies. Yes. These movies. Like I, I feel like these might be the next Nolan movies, you know, like they, they might hold up against them. I think they might transcend the Nolan movies. All right. Everybody calm down. No. And I say, (laughs) I say this because a people have always made fun of Christian Bale's voice 
as Batman. What are you talking about? Right. Where are the drugs? I'm going to rattle his cage. I mean, Pete Holmes had that whole series of that shit, which is brilliant, which you can find on College Humor, I think. But like you, but also, Bat- The Dark Knight Rises didn't really kind of stick the landing. It did not stick the landing. Definitely did so not. So if Matt can turn this trilogy into... Oh, Matt Reeves, sorry. If, it, if he can turn this trilogy... Matt, Tom, I know, I know, he was hobnobbing with everybody Matt, tonight. Never even met him. But like this <laughs> Google, idea... Google. Google. Uh, but if he can you know, make these as good as those uh, Planet of the Apes movies or better, then I think... I think that's why I'm so excited. Trilogy. Those Planet of the Apes movies mm. came out of nowhere to become one of the greatest... Like, that. Those they are so good. Yeah. And for our fans listening, we know he only directed the second and third one, but still, I would argue those are the best ones of the three. The, the Two and three are the best ones, in my opinion, of the three of them. And so. two's the best one. Two is the best. I think two's the best. But three and then one, in my opinion. Two, three, one is the ranking for me. Yeah, well, that'll be an argument for another day. But it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, question. What, do you, what is your outside? Who do you think? Do you think it'll be Browning? I don't know. I don't even know if I believe these rumors. So okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. All right. Because I would throw one last thing in there. If they, honestly, I get that they want to go uh, with a woman of color. I got no problem with that, obviously. I would have loved to have seen Jodie Comer as Catwoman. But if she's not, I would love to see what she could do with Poison Ivy. Oh, that'd be, that's right. You said Jodie Comer for Catwoman, and I'm like, meh. You say Jodie Comer for Poison Ivy, I'm in. That yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, I think that's really good. That's the way they should go. Um, question. Yes. Favorite Catwoman? Um, meh. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. obviously. Why did I? Why did I even have three ums? What's I, wrong you with you? Got You both paused. I, got, I mean, I was like, we're all going to say Michelle Pfeiffer. I just felt like we needed. It's not the, even. It's not even a question. But all these years later, like she's still the best. I right? had dreams about Michelle Pfeiffer having her own Catwoman movie as a kid. Like, yeah. I had dreams that it was coming out, and I was so excited about it. The irony is that this is one role that's only been messed up once, and that's Halle Berry. I would argue count. that. Anne Hathaway did Anne a good Hathaway job. Was, was great. Anne Hathaway yes, was, was a great She was the best part of that movie. Exactly. And yeah. in the TV show, Lee Merriweather oh was good. Oh, God, Lee Merriweather. I almost Eartha said Lee Merriweather. Kid was good. Like, these were all good. They've never, the only Hallie has ever messed up Catwoman, but it's not really her fault. I think it was the director and everything involved. It's also it. just not Catwoman. Right. It wasn't like, even Catwoman. This whole licking the milk thing was I too never much. saw it, so. You never saw it? No. Oh. Not, not ruining. I think Benjamin Bratt's shirtless in it for like five seconds. So that's, <laughs> that part was worth it. Still not worth it. But yeah, so uh, it, that's the uh, kind of the hidden thing about the Catwoman. It's rarely been messed up. So I, I look forward to see who they chose, who they choose rather. But um, it's not a unsaps. Uns, here's what I'll say to you on a kind of recording this, but off the record, it's not an unsubstantiated rumor. There are two people I know who pursue scoops, who are keeping tabs on this, and I have heard that those are the ones that yes. that's true. Oh, yes. cool. So that's all I can say. I can't say that it's 100% true. All I can tell you is that I've heard that it is very true. So don't be surprised if one of those five women get it. Or definitely a woman of color. Uh, all right. Because, I mean, they're looking at Jim Gordon, right, as a person of color. Uh, They've been looking at yeah, Alfred yeah. possibly as a person of color. So this will be an interesting thing as it goes down. Good. Yeah, they should. All right. Let's take a quick break uh, to listen to some sponsors. And then we'll be back to the Geek Buddies. Thanks to those great sponsors of the Geek Buddies who make the show possible uh, for us every week. All right. Now let's get back into the second half of the Geek Buddies. Um, all right. 
What's our main topic? All boss? right, let's get into it. Go ahead. Uh, Mikey, why don't you introduce this one with Gabe? With Gabe All right, well, we thought that since we had a uh, senior VP of development for Berlanti Productions, and uh, since Berlanti has more TV shows on TV than anybody, uh, we should do a geek state of uh, television. State of geek television? Okay. Geek state of television? Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Um, just there's, you know, we talk about movies so much, and we've hit TV shows now and again, but we spend a lot of time in the mm-hmm. movie theater. Uh, and there's so much on TV right now. So much. Um, we have a lot of stuff coming out in the next few weeks, even. Um, we got uh, Watchmen on HBO and His Dark Materials, which a new trailer just dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Batwoman premieres Sunday, October 6th on the CW. Wow. Exactly. At 8 p.m. <laughs> there you go. Get it in there. <laughs> already coming up, which is what uh, it will have premiered by the time this drops. Yeah. Right. Well, so, so let's start there. Like, so good base. Like, well, re- first of all, I just need to clarify one thing. I work in development. Yeah. So I do not work on the shows that are on the air. So I do not work on Arrow. I do not work on Flash or right. Legends or Supergirl. I happen to work for the company. I'm privy to what's happening. Um, I got to be in the pitch of Crisis and in Infinite mm-hmm. Earth. Um, but I am enjoying it. The news. And all the stuff as a geek the way everybody else does. And then you get to go work on geeky things that we can't talk about today. Correct. Perfect. <laughs> Let me ask you a okay. question, though. Because um, as we said, uh, you know, when we – when you left Sony and you went over to the CW, you were already a huge Smallville fan. But you got to work on Smallville uh, for the last few seasons? The last three seasons. Mm. I got to be in the room when they pitched the series finale wow. where Clark becomes Superman for the first time and puts on the suit. For and 10 so, seconds. For 10 seconds. Smallville was the beginning of the CW sort of DC universe shows. Correct. Uh, and now and now here you are getting to like be in the pitch for Crisis and you know be be working for the company that has been pumping out more comic book superhero related shows than anybody mm. um so how is that and how do you feel i know you're a fan of a lot of these shows so what do you think of all the comic book shows on tv um it's pretty crazy to have gone for from a company uh, that where i got where i was privileged enough to hear the last you know pitch for the series finale and then eight years nine years later to be in a room where they're talking about tom welling's clark coming back on and reprising his role and Erica Durant's Lois being in the same scene with another Superman. It's surreal. Um, and I feel very lucky to have been a part of both of those shows. Um, but I think the state of geek television is sort of all over the place. Um, you have the DC CW shows, which are fantastic and fun. Um, and you know, have messages. They are, they're actually about something and you can still have fun and the excitement and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they're trying, you know, to show diversity and trying to talk about inclusion and all that stuff. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, you also have the high end, um, HBO shows like Watchmen coming out. Like everybody's trying to figure out what the next game of Thrones is. Guess what the next game of Thrones is not game of Thrones. It's right. going to be something completely different. Right. Um, you also have the very exciting um, Disney Plus Marvel shows that are going to be coming out. And that, Star Wars. And Star Wars. Yep. yep. Um, and that's something we can talk about, too. The Apple um, coming out within two weeks of Disney Plus. That's going to be very interesting. Um, but obviously, we're all very excited about the MCU TV shows. Uh, yeah. Scarlet and Vision and um, Hawkeye and all, all, the, all that stuff. Um, then there's the other Marvel TV shows. Like the Agents of Shields and the Runaways and 
all that stuff, which seemed to be sort of maybe falling Cloak on the wayside. A lot of, Cloak the, and dagger. A lot of yeah. the rumors recently, particularly when they announced uh, that She-Hulk... Because there's two different levels of Marvel shows, which when they all got announced, I didn't really think about it. There's the Falcon and, uh, Winter, and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. There's the TV shows that are very much tied to the movie characters, so it makes sense that Kevin Feige and the Marvel Entertainment side is running them. Right. Um, but then Marvel Television with Jeff Loeb kind of runs the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Runaways and the and, and was running the Netflix shows, the Daredevils, the Jessica Jones, whatever. Right. But when Marvel Entertainment, which is, again, Kevin Feige announced She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight, which are brand new shows, people started to say that maybe Kevin Feige, kind of to your point earlier, Gabay, about Kevin Feige kind of taking over more and more, it seems like a lot of the Marvel television is going that way as well, which might be better. I think it's better, and I think it's... Because oh, it was always... Frustrating for those of us who were fans of the movies and fans of the TV shows, they were that they weren't kind of allowed to sync up and connect, and you'd get the occasional reference to something related it got to the really movies. Really annoying on the Netflix shows how they couldn't. They, it was the yeah. incident, the, the, the incident. big green guy, like Sokovia or something, and you'd be like, "What? What does this mean?" And so you get frustrated. Uh, same thing with Agents of Shield at times. You know, when they crossed over in Captain America, all the Agents of Shield fans were like, "Oh, this is great." But then they didn't do any really much anything else to connect them back up again. But I, so, like, I like the way you're rolling it out because I do think you're right. I think in the state of geek television, there's sort of three tiers of geek television. Uh, and one tier we could basically just call the Berlanti tier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically. Has, there, there's so many shows. But like there is really? a – and I don't mean this in a bad way. But like the Berlanti superhero shows or comic book shows have they're, – they're formulaic in a certain way like sure. like and and it's a formula that really works so i like it but mm-hmm. it is the here's our big bad of the season here's our arcs and then in the past few years and here's where we do our crossovers and that yeah. is sort of that formula that has worked really really well um and and i do think that those shows have elevated the network superhero show, the level of special effects you can have, the level of costumes, the, the way you can go, the fact that Flash can have a gorilla grod. You know, like, like mm, we've just we've really raised the level of or what... Or King uh, Shark. Or King Shark that a network mm. TV can do. And then the next tier is, uh, to your point, the sort of... Um, HBO tier, the high level, big Let's budget. Call them the high end streamers. The high end, sure. the high end. The, yeah. You know, you've got your Game of Thrones. We have his Dark Materials coming out. We have the Watchmen series, yeah. and these are like sort of maybe shorter runs than the typical Berlanti show. They're like maybe ten episodes, uh, really high budget, really just like a level of production value that we've never seen on TV before. And then this next tier that we're about to get into is the movie TV show. Yeah. Like it's the Mandalorian, it's all the Marvel shows, it's the Star Wars and Marvel shows that are this is a movie budget with movie level special effects that ties into a movie franchise, yeah. which is a new thing that we've never seen before. And so like I think it's kind of I mean, I, we say this all the time, but it is literally the country is a fucking mess, but it's a great time to be a geek. And I just have to say, um knowing about Crisis, it is epic. Epic is the only word I can use. I don't even know how they're going to pull it off yeah. but it's happening it, it feels and like endgame it feels like infinity war everyone's yeah. like oh my god are they gonna get this right please god get this right i i don't know how they're gonna do it but i hope they find a way it's gonna be so much fun when i saw when i saw brandon routh uh in the older kingdom come superman costume i about fell out of my chair and died yeah i didn't like that picture you didn't like it no because it felt photoshopped 
And I like the you, one th- you feel Photoshop. Yeah, that's fair. I, it probably I was. I take some weight off of me if I could Photoshop. It. <laughs> but like the, the the one they showed him today in front of the Daily Planet with the glasses on, lost my shit. Lost my shit. Did I see that one? The Clark Kent. You haven't seen the Clark Kent one? Oh my god! I don't think so. It looks so cool. And I was like, that was the first one I've seen, other than obviously the when they're all like the two Supermans, and you know that was sweet and nice. But like seeing Brandon with the sun, with the uh, sorry, with the glasses on in front of the Daily Planet logo. Uh, I was just like, this is great. Because I, I always loved him as Superman. I didn't like the movie, but I always thought he had the good, yeah. the right look for it. And this is a, such a – for the geek culture, for as crazy and toxic as the fandom can be sometimes, and not everyone, obviously. There's just, there's just a minority that's loud. You guys listening, you guys are good. You guys are great, yeah. You guys are wonderful. You're our buddies. But like you, the fandom always forgives after enough time. And the fact that people are super excited to see Brandon Routh again or Tom Welling again as Superman – it's great. It's exciting. Or Erica Durant's coming back. But I want to ask you a question, Gabane. This is okay. very interesting. Uh-oh, I'm nervous. I don't know if you can answer it. <laughs> and please feel free to say if you can't. Yeah, okay. The Michael Rosenbaum stuff. Is that real? Is that bullshit? Is that like him saving face? Can you talk about it or no? Honestly? Blink, blink twice. Blink no, no, twice no. if you need yeah, help. I will, I will be honest with you. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Um, I don't ask. No one tells me because okay. I don't need to know that information and I don't ask. So the truth is I don't know. Okay. Because it would strike me as odd that they would he, bring all these people back and like I will they say, would somehow screw Rosenbaum. I will Rosenbaum say from my over. time on Smallville, yeah. he was very, very difficult um, to get back. Um, and Really? And it wasn't like uh, – there was no – it was nothing contentious. Right. Um, everybody was very respectful. Mm-hmm. And again, this was nine, ten years ago. I, I don't know what it is like now. But um, he was not the easiest to convince to come back for the last episode. Fascinating. Okay. It's exciting. I do think that you, I think you made a good point, Johnny, that, uh, you know, for the mess that the DC cinematic universe is in, the fact that the DC television universe, which has been consistently solid and delightful for years now, is basically doing something that is so big within that television sphere uh, and bringing in all of the different characters from all of the different versions and everyone is this excited and not confused. I think my favorite thing about geek culture right now is that we're able to do things that 10 years ago our non-geek friends would just be so confused about. Oh, yeah. Like you look at Endgame with the time travel and the Infinity Stones and then you look at this and you're like, so wait, Infinity – like. Realities are crashing together and different mm. versions of this and that are happening. And I mean, the first announcement of Crisis, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Which one? The, well, when they first did the first oh, crossover. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, I remember collecting Crisis of Infinite Earths in the 80s. And I was like, this is insane. So many characters crashing together. How can they do this on the show? But the fact that they keep upping the ante every year is incredible. And you, you have to take your hat off to them for having the guts to do it. And the Marvel Universe is, in essence, the MCU. And to your point, Michael, the MCU is like a long storyline where you have to buy all these other comics that you wouldn't normally buy to have the overall storyline, like Secret Wars or Secret Wars 2 or any of these storylines. So going to see Thor and Thor Ragnarok is like me buying a third third issue of that Thor so that I can stay on point and know everything that's happening. It's just so incredible how it's consuming our culture and people are adapting to it so easily. Well, and I had so many to say because I actually, I was on a date the other day. Hey, uh, And the guy was super geeky, but I was like, what are you doing this weekend? And he actually, to your point, literally was like, well, 
I gotta go home and catch up on the last couple seasons of Flash because I'm getting ready for Crisis. <laughs> nice. And I was like, well, like then that. you're doing you're doing what they want you to do. So that is work. good. And just to be clear, like you said, um, Smallville sort of kicked it off, but not really. It's been kicked off by Arrow, and that's Arrow why they call really. it the Arrowverse. Well, oh no, 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 no sure. totally. Just want to give credit to like. The guys on Arrow, yeah. and because what they've done is just astounding, just like weaving everything through and connecting everybody over the seasons, it's pretty great. What I think, of, so yes, to your point, I meant more that... Yeah, 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 for that, sure. I remember first, like big superhero Small, TV when, show. When Smallville came out on CW, you were like, there's a Superman TV, and not like the shitty stuff, like that Superboy when we were really young or whatever. Right. But like right. a, hey, don't knock Lois and Clark. I, I would favorites. never. I would never. <laughs> That's right. You, you could always do it with Superman. Yeah. You could always do it with Superman. It was when Green Arrow came through that you were like, oh, wait, this could work? And then he launched Flash. And obviously Supergirl had started on CBS and then came over. And then Black Lightning is kind of its own thing. And it's finally coming on to the crossover, I think, Oh, this he year. is so sexy. And right. Legends and of Legends, Tomorrow, which, which apparently is the most fun show on I, television. I love Legends. Too. It's the only one I still consistently watch. Mm. It's the only one. I watch the crossover all the time, yep. but Legends is the only one I still consistently watch. The funniest thing to me about Arrow that I think is fascinating is yeah. that when if you go back and watch Arrow season one, right, it was fully like the Chris Nolan version of a DC show. They worked so hard to make it so grounded yeah. and so realistic and as it sort of like as Flash came along and other things came along and they started weaving in all these other characters into the Arrow universe, it's interesting how they've managed to take something that started in a really, really like we're going to do this grounded and real kind of way yeah. and added in superpowers and magic and everything and that, and that it's sustained mm-hmm. and, that, and that Diggle has given that uh, – that, that Oliver, we have to have a talk. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a good Diggle talk is a good. It's just it's always solid. <laughs> Oliver, I need to talk to you as a friend. <laughs> but now we're like you said, we're moving under the high stream. I mean, you can even talk about Titans and Doom yeah. Patrol. Doom Patrol is uh, incredible. Doom Patrol is fantastic. Yeah, and season two of Titans is great too. It's oh really? Yeah, it's really good. Is it on? Is it has it premiered already? Uh, yeah, the, I think the first four episodes are out. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And uh, that doesn't even get into, and this is a whole other mm. podcast for another episode. But that's something even into the geek animation that we have, right? Oh yeah, uh, you know, pretty like you were mentioning the new Harley Quinn show that's coming out. Uh, what if um, One of my favorite Marvel's comic What book If? As what a if kid? Was fantastic. Uh, Young Justice, which has some very lovely writers working on it, <laughs> very lovely writers. Uh, but no, I mean, Young Justice season three is yeah, just bananas. It's great and. Even beyond the episode that I wrote, which was really early on, but like it's uh, Young Justice is just such a ride, and the fact that we're getting, uh, you know, a third season of a show that got canceled years ago, right. a beloved show that got canceled, and we're getting a season four. Yeah, and we got to get Greg Weisman on this show to talk about it for God's sake. We will get Greg Weisman on the show. Right, let's, to talk let's, about let's, it. let's focus on me again. Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> so back to what other what other uh, superhero shows do you watch outside of the CW stuff? Um, Is there any that you like really love and watch religiously? I really like The Boys. Boys were great. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it the way okay. everybody else did, but okay. I will definitely be watching season two. I don't know. I was just never really able to connect to any of the characters. Mm. Well, because um, you're not an asshole. Yeah, maybe. No, I, I'm, I'm just an kidding. asshole sometimes. I'm just kidding. You're an asshole. Yeah, there we go. Oh. There it is. <laughs> he was being too nice. Um, no, I'm trying to think of what else there is. That I'm missing. Are there gay superheroes? Have there been gay, like, as two gentlemen who are gay, 
Uh, uh, well, Berlanti has had. Um, yes, um, there was the. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Mr. Terrific. Russell Tovey played him in the CW Seed series. Hmm. Um, not the Adam, maybe a version of the Adam. I'm totally blanking, and I'm going to get yelled at okay. by somebody. But Russell Tovey, are you going to look it up? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Go ahead, Mike. But uh, Supergirl's sister is a lesbian. Yes, yeah. and there's also she, a trans- Kylo and she got super and she got super drunk and hooked up with White Canary. Yep, who's who's also an out lesbian? Who's an out lesbian? Obviously, Batwoman. Yes, uh, isn't she Mr. Terrific? Isn't one? isn't Mr. Terrific on uh, Arrow? Gay? I don't. Oh yes, he is. Okay. Yes, Echo Kellum. Uh, yeah, fantastic. I mean, because like one of my favorite moments uh, along those lines of mm. the, what, what was the Earth X crossover, the one with all the Nazi superheroes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had that moment where all the superheroes teamed up, and I just remember I was talking to some friends about it. And you just looked at this lineup of it is literally like it was the Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow cast, like all of them. Right. And you looked at it and you were like, "This is every ethnicity: male, female, gay, lesbian, trans." Like it just right. across the board, you were like, "This is what I want my superhero universe to look like." Russell Tovey played the Ray. Um, oh, the Ray. Oh, that's yes. right. He did. And then yes. they had an animated series on their digital, CW's digital yep. platform. So Batwoman will be the first. And he was with the gay Captain Cold in his yes, universe. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So Batwoman will be the first. Yes. Lead. 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 Gay. Yeah. Yep. Or trans. Is she gay or no, trans? Gay. Gay. Lesbian, char- lesbian yep. character. All right. Yep. That will come out. So when do we get the male one? Do we get a male one? Will a male gay character lead a uh, superhero series coming up? I think so. Okay. At some point. Um, I mean, maybe, if, maybe anyone's gonna it, will get, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Berlanti. That's true. True. Um, so keep us posted, Gibbet. <laughs> um, I would love to see uh, The Authority, Apollo and uh, oh, Midnighter. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were always one of my faves. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they won't be leads, but we talked a few weeks ago about all the rumors about Hulkling and Wiccan yes. uh, with Young Avengers coming up. So yeah. I do think... Um, for the LGBTQ fans and allies out there, there'll be a good number of. When do we get a goddamn superhero? We being Latinos. There it is. I'm so sick of this. I shit. mean, wasn't the Ghost Rider on Hulu supposed to be yeah, that? But and Ghost Rider is not Latino from origin. That's the frustrating. Well, part. but that character well, that's introduced now in the universe is one of the best ghost writers, right? Yo, no, definitely, ever. and that's who I want to see the show. Yeah, right. that's like that's like you're still mad about Jaime Reyes being uh, Blue Beetle. Yeah, he too. would be the best Blue. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, who, from an origin standpoint, who is the who is a character that's Latino that you would love to see? That's what there is. There really isn't that many superhero Lat- Latino super. That's the so either have to take one of these ones that was sort of retconned or or create, create a new one. And I really honestly, the, and I know this is stupid, and it probably will never happen, but I do get those impulses to write one, to create one, because the only way we're going to do it is to create it and to make it relatable I mean, and universal and connectable. Like Miles Morales as Spider-Man, it almost feels like you don't need Peter Parker. He is so individualistic his own Spider-Man yeah. that you don't even think about Peter Parker when you're watching Miles Morales. Totally. Um, and I'd like that to happen I for tell the you right now, world. Yeah. I think that uh, based on the number of followers you have, if uh, if the outlaw became a comic book <laughs> character, I think, uh, I think there's people along for the ride. Oh my God. The most uncomfortable comic book of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so angry all the time? He's so mad. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm gonna rattle his cage. I'm a different person when I put the hat on. Um, no, we'll see. And I, look, I'm excited too. And I wish I wish I was young, like fully young again, and so I could watch like 
all these episodes of all these shows because it would be I envy people in their 20s now or in their teens who get to like take the time to watch all these shows and get into them deep and know all the storylines because like I remember when I watched so many shows when I was a kid now nowadays it's just not enough time with you what stop I do. Rewatching the same movies over and over ten times <laughs> a week, bro. I don't even do that anymore. Thanks to Lindley, my all girlfriend. Right. Met, all we do is watch Netflix shows or watch British repeat shows with her. <laughs> we just finished Criminal, which is great, and just, The Spy. I just finished Carnival Row, which I actually really enjoyed. Really, I did. I got Meh. into it. Cara Delevingne. Meh. She was good. She's actually really good. She was stop really good. I'm, I'm not kidding. And stop Orlando it. Bloom is not good. What? Yeah. It's, it's like a reverse? very weird like multiverse where she's wow. good and he's not. Don't let Katy um, Perry hear you say that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that uh, – I, well, I do think it's interesting how we watch TV differently now than we did. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I feel like I watch less TV shows now because I don't watch – you know, it used to be I had my Monday night shows, my Tuesday night right. shows, my Wednesday night shows, my Thursday night shows. And you had to like sort of get watch them because then you had to watch the next night shows. But now I sort of watch – thanks to streaming and everything else, I sort of watch – shows at a time so i'm like oh i'm watching this show this week and when i finish it then i'm going to start another show which is interesting well let's uh we're getting to close the hour mark so let's let's uh wrap up here on the conversation what do you uh as someone who works do you have a question i do but ask your question i I have a question as someone who works in the business where what where do you see geek tv going next going what's the new frontier where no geek has gone before i mean honestly that is the answer um no, I think it's just going to get bigger and it's just going to get more expensive and mm. we're going to see feature movies style, feature movie style on television. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's we're already getting episodes, close. 10 mm-hmm. episodes. Um, we're closer than you think. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I think, you know, I think the way that the MCU is like weaving television shows into the feature films, like that's going to be a thing that's going to be a little bit more normal now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to get things that we never thought we'd get before, like the Sandman. Oh, like they're doing oh, Sandman. Yeah. Do you ever think you're going to see the Sandman no. as a TV show? Well, it's happening. Almost, I'm still worried. And I was, uh, yeah, exactly. Sure, you should exactly. be, but like how cool that it's happening. Yeah. I think and that that's the- where it's going. Things like that are going to be are going to be made and yeah. going to blow your mind. And you can already see what's happening because, like, we've already talked about with all the different streamers out there. Like, eventually, it's going to collapse because we're all going to be spending three hundred dollars for everything. But right. they know that the people that are going to buy their platforms first are the geeks, which is why you get Star Trek Discovery over here yeah. and The Mandalorian over here. Uh, you know, or you know, like you. So I think that. Everybody knows that geeks are going to come for the shows, and they're actually making good versions of them for us. Yeah, and that's what I wonder about is where where I don't think the bubble is going to burst. I don't, and the people keep saying it. I don't think so. The people no. who are coming up are being conditioned to enjoy these kinds of shows. You know, there was a quote today from Scorsese, and I don't know if it's actually his words, but he basically said he tried to watch a superhero movie, but for him, it, it just didn't take. And I, he doesn't see the real depth and blah blah blah. And I was like, because you're from that generation. The generation that grew up in comic books, which is my generation, and then you guys' subsequent generations, we get it. We yeah. love it. And we want the world to have more of this stuff in it. We don't want it to the exclusion of independent films or exclusion of dramas or whatever, but we certainly want these this art form to be respected. And it's why I think Joker has a legitimate shot to be nominated for Best Picture and possibly win. I don't know all the controversy might not keep it might keep it from winning, but I think it has a very legitimate shot. But they had to go deep art house, old school 70s to make it even possible to for you to even consider that yeah. it could win. And I think that is what I hope is the new frontier is that we move past that 
and respect what these superhero movies actually are what, and TV shows. What uh, what geeky TV show coming down the pipe? It can be soon, like something that's dropping in the next few weeks, or it can be far off, like something that's been announced. Yeah. Are you most excited about? Moon Knight, without question. Moon Knight? I've been waiting for Moon Knight my whole goddamn life. And so to see it now happening, uh, I honestly can't control myself when I think about it. Because as All much right, as I love... Please control yourself until we leave. <laughs> As much as I love Watchmen, there's ain't no happy time murder situation. As much as I love Watchmen and I love uh, Paint, paints his face and runs around naked in the apartment, <laughs> just my white robe. Uh, Sandman. As much as I'm looking forward to Sandman and Watchmen, and I think it'll be incredible. Uh, Moon Knight is the one right. that I've been waiting for my whole life. Um, it's a toss up between What If and She Hulk. Okay. Mm. Um, Good choices. And obviously, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, Stay on brand, JG. Yeah. Sandman is not my most excited one because I Sandman is such a sprawling, You're huge thing that I'm, so, I'm too nervous too about nervous. it. I get it. Uh, live action Airbender on Netflix. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Live oh, action Airbender because Forgot about the that. animated Airbender is still one of the greatest TV shows ever made and the M. Night Shyamalan live action movie is still one of the worst adaptations ever made. Agreed. So being able to see this in live action and share Airbender with all my friends who won't, even though they love animation, won't sit down and watch three seasons of an animated show that aired 10, 15 years ago, yeah. but will watch the live action series, it makes me very excited. This, is, this makes me, I, I ran into Dante the other day, Dante Bosco the other day, because we know each other from Wayne Morris and stuff. We're in, I was in Hollywood having dinner with my girlfriend, and he was just walking to a friend's show, and I ran into him, and I said, you got to come on Deep Cut. He's like, anything you want. So I'm going to get him on, and we're going to talk about that and see yeah. what, he's, what his thoughts on it are, so... Definitely, that'd be great. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, wrap up the Geek Buddies there. We're at the hour mark. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And thank you so much to, for John, to Jonathan for Bay. Me. That was fun. Um, where can they find you and the stuff you're doing, brother man? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Gabay Jonathan, G-A-B-A-Y-J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. And on Instagram, I'm 50 Shades of Gabay, 5-0. Fifty Shades of Gabay. Still holding on to that. Huh? Yep, it's great. I still get I still get compliments about it. People love it. So find me there. And if they want to, what's the stuff that what's the stuff that you really want to push for people to watch coming up here from the CW? Um, not just the CW. I think um, I think everyone should check out Batwoman. Okay. Um, and if you're not checking out Prodigal Son, which airs on Fox, starring Michael Sheen, it is fantastic. I, can't I wait for strongly that. urge you um, to check that out. In a world where broadcast television is kind of weak, this is feeling like a cable show that happens to be on broadcast. It's nice. aired a couple episodes already, but uh, you can check it out. It's fantastic. Okay. You Michael? can follow me at MKToon on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at the Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And look, uh, we really appreciate if you give the show some likes, give the show a ratings on iTunes, put some reviews down. Wherever you listen to us, give it some love. Pass it on. Retweet the show. Tell people about the show. Uh, I think you can follow us on social media. Are you pulling that up now, Mike? Yeah, we are at geek underscore buddies on uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. You need to look that up. I do. I can we do. Remember. Shannon usually handles this. <laughs> this is Shannon's job. I know. And uh, We miss on, you, Shannon. On, <laughs> totally. Uh, on uh, nay, Instagram. Nay. On Instagram. Yeah. It's different than it is on Twitter. It is. It is the underscore geek underscore buddies and we're active on both we're very it was Sh uh, shannon handles the instagram mikey handles the twitter we're very active on both so please follow us you will get good interaction 
amongst the fans and amongst the people that follow us as well. And if I can throw one plug in for the deep cut, I just interviewed Jai Courtney. That is this week's deep oh, cut. Oh, very cool. And he does talk about Suicide Squad coming back to it. And he talks about uh, his film. And he opens up about um, the hits he took being part of these franchises uh, that didn't like work Spawn. out. Huh? Like Spawn? No, no, no. Like uh, like Die Hard, oh, yeah. like Terminator, and what it was like to get those at a young age and then have them not work out well, what it taught him as an actor. So oh, that's cool. If you haven't listened to that, it's on Collider Conversations feed. You can listen to it. And it's on video as well on the YouTube uh, Collider uh, Interviews channel. I want to give a shout out to at uh, Eddie Lou Who on uh, Twitter for uh, posting pictures of his Iceland trip where he was listening to, get, to Geek Buddies as he traveled through Iceland. Nice. So, got some great photos on the Twitter feed of his trip. So Geek Buddies worldwide. Who what? Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for more Twitter shout outs next week. All right. There you go. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. And we'll see you next time on The, the Geek Buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.